Gresham College presents Assessing the Three New Science and Society Commissions by Stephen and Hilary Rose, Joint Gresham Professors of Physic. This is a report of a conference that was held at Gresham College on June 7th, 2001, and it was called Assessing the Three New Science and Society Commissions. What's been happening is that in the light of enormous crises um, in science and technology, like BSC, um, like um, nuclear um, pollution, like the tremendous anxieties about food and GM crops and all the rest of it, that government has been having a very serious rethink about how to, how to develop advice to governments about scientific issues, which works. Because what we've seen in the light of these various um, crises is that the science, scientific advice isn't working and there has been a massive loss of public trust. So what the government's been doing has been, um, not without a lot of pressure on it, of course, and a lot of ideas coming from outside, is to develop these three new advisory commissions. And these are, they're not, well, one of them actually is not really a commission, it's the Food Standards Agency. The second one is the Agriculture, Environment and Biotechnology Commission, and that is a real commission. So that one can only give advice and not actually do things like the Food Standards Agency, which has regulatory powers. And the third one is the Human Genetics Commission. What we, and we is a combination of Gresham College and myself and um, Stephen Rose, who are joint professors of physics um, at um, Gresham College for this year, and the governance and science group, whose convener is Jerry Ravetz, who's sitting on my left. Um, what we did was we decided that the time had come to look at these three commissions and to see how they were getting on. So we invited the chairs and got either the chair or the deputy chair from each and then we got a discussant who knew the field very well to talk. And so what we're doing now is telling you about the day. Right. So the um, speakers and discussants for the day um, started with Professor Robin Grove White of Lancaster University and chair of Greenpeace UK. The AEBC, we had the Deputy Chair, Julie Hill, who also represents Green Alliance. The discussant was Dr. Les Levido of the Open University. For the Food Standards Agency, we had Sir John Krebs, who is the chair, and the discussant was Dr. Eileen Rubery from the Judge Institute of Management Studies at Cambridge University. For the Human Genetics Commission, the speaker was Professor Alexander McCall-Smith, who is the Deputy Chair, and the discussant was Dr. Angus Clark from the University of Cardiff. And finally, the summary was given by Professor Derek Burke, who is advisor to the Parliamentary Office of Science and Technology, and the discussant was myself, uh, representing the Governance and Science Group. At the meeting, we uh, had a very, very good collection of people, uh, academics, uh, members of the commissions, civil servants, people from industry, and the NGOs. So it was uh, a very lively meeting with a lot of good um, spirited discussion, but a very good atmosphere. Everyone understood that we're now in a new situation uh, concerning the provision of advice to government on science and technology. Uh, something has to change. The traditional methods of 
uh, some great and good scientists meeting behind closed doors clearly do not work. Uh, first of all, the public doesn't trust them, and secondly, as we have seen, the quality of the advice they offer uh, is not always guaranteed. And so uh, there are the new anxieties as well as in human genetics and even in medicine now uh, and medical research we have had these scandals um, where the uh, regulation of medicine and medical research seems to be uh, deficient. And so uh, everyone agrees that there must be a new way of proceeding uh, transparency, openness and engagement with the public are the order of the day. These new commissions are brave attempts to achieve this, these goals in their, each in their own field and the meeting was there to review how well they're getting on, what they can learn from each other, what ideas they can pick up from a sympathetic public. Now, it was Robin Grove White who set the framework uh, for the day, reminding us um, that there's still a lot to be achieved because they have inherited an implicit framework uh, from the past where, let's say, we assume that innovations are good unless proved otherwise, that all problems of innovations have to be discussed one at a time rather than systematically. Um, there's no way to bring in the uh, questions about harms that are not yet uh, known and uh, the insights of social scientists about the complexity of these new problems are, shall we say, listened to sympathetically. But then when it comes to achieving a consensus, the traditional attitudes of the hard natural scientists are accommodated so much that the new insights tend to be lost. Now, the difficulty is that if these uh, new agencies don't modify their framework, then they will not achieve, they will not, sorry, if they don't modify their framework, they will not recreate the trust and there's always the risk that the policy they give will be erroneous as it has been in the past. Now, in the discussion, Um, a point was made that these new problems, complex problems, deal with intangibles. And it could be very useful if people like ourselves could focus on this problem of making those intangibles, the values, the uncertainties, tangible in some way so that they could be debated in a coherent fashion. Uh, and then it was also observed that everything Grove White has said about the environmental problems holds equally with the problems of human nature. Uh, and could there be some way of seeing a unified uh, approach to the protection of integrity, both of the natural world and of humans, uh, because the problems are so similar? Well. Then Julie Hill described the work of the Agriculture and Environment Biotechnology Commission. She argued that it's, it does show a new style. Um, its 20 members are drawn from the widest possible backgrounds. They serve as individuals and not as 
the mandated delegates. The questions are broad. The questions include ethics and social acceptability. The Commission searches for gaps in the reg regulatory system. It advises on the improvement of regulations. And in the working groups, they look at current issues of GM agriculture, they look at animal husbandry, and they do look at horizon scanning. The committee works in public, it engages with the public as much as possible, and it does put resources into reflecting on its role and its achievements and its outstanding problems. And her discussant, Les Levito, reminded us again uh, that things have changed very drastically in the last few years. Uh, science now offers soft facts and there is no simple certainty, there is no clear separation of facts from values. And government has lost control of the agenda of science-related policy. And whether the new commissions will help it regain control remains to be seen. Sir John Krebs, for the Food Standards Agency, gave a vision of a radically new approach to the use of science in the management of risks. The agency is proactive, precautionary, open to the public. It works in a world where scientific uncertainty and multiplicity of perspectives are the rule. The agency investigates possible risks which other bodies have discounted. The most recent example uh, was the problem of possible dioxin contamination of cow's milk from cows that were grazing in the vicinity of the foot and mouth pyres and the agency warned that that milk itself might be contaminated, although once it is mixed with other milk, there should be no, uh, no perceptible risk. And Sir John Krebs went on to say, the old ideal of reliable knowledge is now replaced by socially robust knowledge. Science is less a set of facts than a way of knowing. This, will, this new conception will require implementation all across the board, including education, and he hopes that the Nuffield AS syllabus on science and public understanding will lead the way to a broader understanding among teachers and pupils and scientists alike. Now, in her commentary on Sir John Krebs, Eileen Rubri has emphasized the need for a new understanding among scientists and civil servants. She has studied this and finds that they have traditionally been conditioned to deny emotions, deny values. And uh, in the subsequent discussion, Sir John said that invitations were now going out to organizations that promote organic food to apply for research grants. And finally, in that discussion, a question was raised about the role of the Food Standards Agency in combating the rise of obesity, which is now a serious medical social problem. And the reply was that there is indeed a real problem, but there is a genuine clash of interest between uh, a section of the food industry and public health concerns. And that has to be recognized. So it's quite a shift of tone when we turn back to a commission and one heard the much more tentative voice of people who are giving advice rather than have got the authority and power of the Food Standards Agency to actually um, insist on change and not just recommend to government that there was change. 
And so we turned to Alexander McCall Smith, who's a lawyer from Edinburgh, who was deputy chair of the Human Genetics Commission. And so he gave a much more tentative sound talk, arguing that the question for the Human Genetics Commission was how it interpreted its mandate. And he seemed to be arguing that, it, that the danger was if they took too proactive a position, they might alienate um, interests, not least the government. On the other hand, um, one clearly couldn't afford to be too passive. So he was saying, do we engage in hostile debate or do we keep our powder dry? And we have, of course, recently seen the Human Genetics Commission put its head a little bit ab above the water uh, 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 when it um, um, criticised quite robustly the DNA crime file in which both the um, DNA fingerprints, as they are loosely called, are being kept on the database, both of those who have indeed been found guilty, um, as well as those people who were merely um, investigated with DNA techniques in the course of the investigations. So as it were, the innocent um, records are on the database. Um, and it, it seemed to me that McCall Smith, and there were not many people in the room who were disagreeing with him, expressed anxiety about this. Um, he also spoke about how um, the, the HGC had managed to propose a moratorium um, for two years on the, genet on the insurance industry using genetic tests um, for um, calculating risk. And I think there was certainly some um, concern in the room that this was too little um, and rather late, as um, most other countries have got a bit more regulation firmly into place. Certainly Angus Clarke, although he very much welcomed the broader and richer terms of reference of the new commission as against the old Human Genetics Advisory Commission, um, he saw the enormous amount of complexity that there is to deal with in genetics made this actually a very difficult um, one to handle um, because the popular conception of genetics is that it's very predictive and deterministic, and this isn't at all how it is in the real world of clinical genetics, which is where Angus Clarke comes from. Um, he spoke about the incredible difficulty of informed consent when you give a sample um, of blood or tissue um, for DNA testing, and then what happens is that having got the sample to do one test, the impulse of the research scientists is to sling it through the machinery and do endless more tests to which informed consent have not been given. Yeah, and they speak of it as fishing. Um, what I think the discussion showed, which was very interesting, was how well organized um, the green um, NGOs and groups and academics were, and they got a pretty clear um, discussion going. And they had achieved much more in what Jerry was speaking of in terms of turning intangible anxieties into discussions which any sort of policy switched on person could get to. And in human genetics, that wasn't the case. And there weren't the NGOs, there weren't the groups, the cultural debate in society was not sufficiently coherent for this sort of business of there being a clear agenda being pushed from outside into the Human Genetics Commission. So in a sense it was very interesting bringing the three together as you saw the commonality of their problems and also um, the difference between the sort of well-organized groups um, lobbying on, on, on the one as against the rather under-organized um, thing on the other. But th 
the general thing that came for me out of the day was the richness of the discussions, both as they went after each um, presentation and discussion, but as it were, as the different commissions and agencies were compared across the day. And you could see that some were really moving much more strongly and much more purposefully, and that others really were, for a variety of reasons, a bit further back. So. Well, finally, Derek Burke uh, summarized the conference and um, partly on the basis of his own experience as the first chair of the Committee on Novel Foods and Processes, which began more than 10 years ago. At first, that uh, committee was quite restricted in their remit. For instance, um, they came up against a brand preparation with, that had sugar mixed in. And even though that had uh, clear nutritional consequences, that wasn't in their remit. And so they had to look at things very scientifically. But over the years, things changed enormously. And they were able and competent and enthusiastic about looking at novel foods and processes in a broader perspective. So Derek Burke had lived through this change perhaps more deeply than most of us mm -hmm. uh, at the meeting, and could see the political context in which the new commissions were created. There was a crisis, there was a sense of panic in the government, and one could actually see these commissions analogous to a royal commission uh, into a sort of long grass into which the problem could be kicked. But they have quite a clear remit, which is quite an urgent one, and that is to restore public trust. And if they fail in that, he believes the government has no plan B. And so, uh, on the other hand, they are working inside a system in which power rules. That's what politics is about. They're dealing with power, and so their task is to be as radical as possible without unduly upsetting the established interests and provoking a reaction. Now, uh, again, in the discussion, we were reminded that the environmental issues are well aired, but in fact the challenges from the biotechnology side and the, um, what we could call the human side, are rushing in upon us with very little preparation. Um, there are enormous powers uh, being unleashed. Uh, for instance, the possibility of behavior modification by neurochemical means. Uh, commissions like our three must increase their commitment to scanning the horizon for such possibilities, lest it be too late to control these developments when they appear. And finally, we feel Looking back, the conference was held at Gresham College, which is sort of appropriate and symbolic. Gresham College was founded some four centuries ago to promote the new science of its time, to raise awareness of the possibilities of a new way of looking at the world. Now, in the 21st century, the new challenges of science are seen to be negative as well as positive. Good governance of science and its application is at the core of these new challenges. And the uh, three commissions are the best means we have 
to meet those challenges as they will develop into the future. For all information, please go to our website at www.gresham.ac.uk.